Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. Welcome to a Thanksgiving Eve edition of the Warner Brothers Podcast. Actually, I am Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan. Keenan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I've been watching a lot of basketball today. Basketball has been amazing. Uh, been a lot of great games, a lot of great players showing out, showing up. So, league's been great, but obviously Thanksgiving, we know what time it is. It's football time. It's one of the biggest football days of the year, aside from the Super Bowl opening Sunday, it's huge, huge. It's the kickoff of the part of the schedule that really separates the boys from the men, the real from the fake. Yeah. Uh, it's it's equally my favorite time of year when it comes to football, or like the best time of year. But also, I like it makes me sad because I know it's like the stretch run. But I mean, we still really yeah. got what three months left really or two and a half months of football left so i mean we still got quite a bit of time but does make me sad we're entering week 12 but yeah like i said this really separates the real from the fake the boys from the men so uh i can't wait we got a pretty entertaining thanksgiving slate which is not always the case so and we got a black friday game so i'm happy about that yeah it's gonna be weird because we've got football thursday friday sunday monday so it's gonna be it's kind of not that anyone's complaining about having football four out of in five days but it's a little odd because you know especially you're not used to the friday games the fridays throw you off that that's like fcs college football and high school football on fridays so it's a little weird but it's cool i can't wait to see like it's the nfl so eventually they'll definitely have like two games going on black friday at some point but yeah It'll be cool. I mean, it's not the best game, Dolphins-Jets, but, I mean, you saw their intent. Eventually, originally, it was, was going to be Tua versus Aaron Rodgers as far as QBs go. Yeah. Now we get Tua versus uh, Tim Boyle. So, you <laughs> know, is what it is. Check but we'll out get the to last see... pod, how we feel about Tim Boyle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get to see Tyreek at least, you know, gain some yardage. So, that'll be cool. Yeah. It'll basically be a, a Miami Dolphins highlight reel. Uh, if the Jets happen to be. win that game, I will... Shocked will be an understatement. I don't. There's no way they win that game. So, uh, yeah, Tua would have to throw win, something but... like seven picks for them to win that game. I think. I think if Tua threw five picks, they'd still be in that game. Honestly, like, there's no way they lose this game. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see. All they have to do is get to seventeen, and they've almost locked up a win. Kind of. I'd say ten. So like. <sighs> Yeah, like, Zach, I mean, I'm, Zach Wilson struggled to get to ten. They had only what two touchdowns going into uh, this past game but, in, the, in the given weeks, and one of those touchdowns was when Philly let him run it in a few weeks back. So I mean, I don't think they. I think it was like it was an incredible amount of drives. I can't remember how many drives it was. I want to say thirty four. Like that's like mentally, I want to say thirty four was the number of drives they had between touchdowns, which is nuts. You could have told me ninety four, and I'd believe it. So I mean, either way with them, which is uh, yeah. But without further ado, we can get right into these uh, Thanksgiving picks, which bleed right into the Black Friday and the great week of football we've got ahead. We've actually got um, a lot of good division games and a lot of good games this week. So. Um, it's, it's a very interesting week to me. Cause like I said, Thursday, usually like I was thinking about this on my ride home. It seems like, like obviously the 12, I think it's 1230 and four o'clock. It's always the lions and the Cowboys, but it seems like 
next year it would be like a like an off-brand game like it could be cowboys and broncos and it could be lions and whoever but it almost seems like every other year it switches like it's one year it's that and then the next year it's lions versus packers and then cowboys versus commanders because it seems like the cowboys never get the giants or the eagles on thanksgiving it's always the commanders when it's in division and the lions it seems like it's always either the vikings or the packers when it's in division and especially the packers like it seems like those two in particular the packers and the commanders are always the opposing teams and then you know the sunday night games whatever or the thursday night game i should say is whatever they decide it's usually some sort of premier matchup um yeah but this, I mean, Lions, Packers, Packers don't have the best record, but uh, still a good game. You know, Packers are ca- kind of coming along here as far as their offense, so it'll be at least competitive. Commanders usually give the Cowboys a game, especially on Thanksgiving. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to win. I mean, we'll get to all that, but uh, three divisional games on Thursday. Yep. And then we get a good one o'clock game. In the Texans and Jags, everything else is kind of just like weird. They're good matchups, good games, but not like not good teams necessarily. But they should all be close games. You could tell me any sort yeah. of outcome with a lot of these. And then four o'clock, same thing. But we also get Eagles Bills. So I mean, we get a pretty good slate between Thursday having some games. Yeah, they're not great on Sunday, but you got like I said, you got that one one o'clock game, that one four o'clock game, yep. and then the Sunday night game. Ravens Chargers that should be at the least entertaining. That should be a good game at least. Yep. Monday night yep. Vikings Bears not the greatest but So I like I how they did the schedule. It could be decent. It yeah. could be a decent entertaining game. at least. That's a thing like we've had some really bad primetime games but we're at least going to get an entertaining Do- Monday night game. Entertaining I was say, Sunday. say Dobbs night and game. Fields could doesn't say division game. Uh the Bears have been more interesting. They're in there more interesting with Fields cuz they can put up some points. They're not obviously they're not world beaters or anything like that, but they can put up some points. And Fields is bound to give you one play where you kind of drop drop your jaw. And then Dobbs is just a fun guy to root for. So for sure, the Monday night game as we as not uh, appetizing as the Bears going to Minnesota looks. It's I don't think is going to be a terrible game, which is good. Yeah, I mean the Vikings have playoff implications. Like we said, they're at least entertaining teams. Um, yeah. So yeah, decent all around. Uh, we'll get right to it though. Packers at Lions. Lions are a seven and a half point favorite. Um, it's weird because you know Thursday night games prior to Thursday or sorry prior to Thanksgiving, you tend to get duds. Uh, most of the Thursday night games this year, I think, haven't been that great. Right? We talked about that last mm-hmm. Thursday going into the Ravens Bengals, and then we knew what happened <laughs> with that game. At least that game will be memorable for the wrong reasons, unfortunately, but it was memorable, I guess. Um, but it seems like after Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving and going forward, that Thursday night games get a different energy to them when they start to pick up for whatever reason that yep. is, starting with this week. Um, all that to say, I think this is going to be a 28 24 game in the Lions' favor. Uh, I think we get a good one. A shootout during the lunch hours here on the East Coast for that game. So yeah, I think Lions take care of business. I have it twenty six to twenty Detroit. I do think that they win this game. As I said, um, for the last part when we were doing picks for them, I think that they're going to be better this week than they were last week against the Bears. I thought that the Bears game was going to be close because they were more so not maybe looking ahead, but preparing themselves for Thanksgiving national stage, big game, 
kind of wanting to cement yourself in front of a lot of people watching too. And it's Thursday. I mean, Thanksgiving games are big, like regardless of whatever, I know it's a regular season game, but they're big games. It's Thanksgiving. Like those are legendary games. And then you're playing for a legendary Thanksgiving franchise. So, <laughs> I mean, it's in a way, they yeah. are, I mean, to be for, for to, just for Thanksgiving itself, like they're a legend. They, they always are on Thanksgiving. They're you're going to get eyes. They're a legendary Thanksgiving franchise for the fact that they play all the time. The Lions aren't a legendary franchise. I mean, I, don't, I don't know if I'd it. call them legend. I mean, I guess it's like they definitely are grandfathered in. I mean, this is definitely so a legacy Thanksgiving legacy. franchise. I mean, a legacy. I would say legacy. This, I would say. this to my memory, this is their biggest Thanksgiving Day game ever. I mean, normally when it's Packers Lions in the past, it's usually like an Aaron Rodgers showcase. Uh, mm-hmm. My biggest memory, and I'm sure there's plenty, but my biggest memory from this matchup in years past would be the Dominican Sioux stomp game. That's yeah. that's the one that sticks out to me as far as Packers Lions. Um, I agree with you though. I think the Lions are going to try to put on a show here. I mean, they dominated the Packers last time they played. Um, so I would not be surprised if it is like a 31 to 14 type of game. I do think the yeah. Packers are coming along though. I think they do make it a competitive game. Um, you would think that again, given that Sunday to Thursday that, you know, maybe it's a little bit low scoring. A lot of these games, I mean, we mentioned these first games here, the lions, a lot of those games are boring. Like I, I honestly usually mm-hmm. find that the four, four fifteen and then the primetime games are usually the better ones on Thursday, but yeah. Hey, maybe we get a good one here. At the least, like you said, the Lions are definitely going to try to at least put on a show here, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we get a high-scoring game, 28-24, I said. Uh, you have any more comments on uh, Packers-Lions? Um, the only uh, – you were talking about the most memorable uh, Packers-Lions Thanksgiving game. For me, the most memorable Thanksgiving-Lions game was a Calvin Johnson. He had 11 for a buck 46 and two touchdowns against the Bears. And the reason why that was more memorable to me – was because Calvin Johnson wasn't doing a whole lot for like Calvin Johnson standards that season. Like he was good, but he wasn't like Calvin Megatron Johnson. And in our fantasy league, there was some, <laughs> there was a little bit of controversy. So the Austin quit mid year. How you didn't know that. <laughs> he quit. How do you quit mid year? How do you even quit a league? Austin, how are you? Well, um, time out, time out. Like Austin, I, you know, Austin's a friend of the show. How are you invited back to the league after you quit? How does that happen? Oh. That's usually like if you're gone, you're gone. So it's because of pretty much who replaced him and how it kind of went. So basically, so Ira went this girl, her name was Chelsea. She went to Plymouth State. Ira kind of Ira dated her a little bit. And then afterwards, um, she was like a friend. We needed a spot in the league. We didn't know who to ask. She was there. Her first pick was an injured Jamal Charles for the year. Her second pick was Phillip Rivers. Time out. So, time out. Yeah. That is, I mean, no offense here. I mean, but it's at a, that time, no I was still your brother. You didn't think like, oh, shit, like Kyle likes football. Like we, y'all resorted <laughs> you didn't to like whoever fa- You didn't want. That's no, true. You didn't I want actually know you're, you're you, completely right. You're actually, let me, let me interrupt myself and you. You're right. I wanted nothing to do with fantasy football up yeah, until no, the Brady I, era ended. So you're, yeah, you're you wanted nothing to do with I it. Probably would have definitely, would have, I probably definitely would have turned you down. So you're right. Trust me, we would. I would have asked you if I would. If I would, you had adamantly said every year I'm not doing fantasy football. That's and actually then like three true. years ago. Then three years ago, you're like, I'm thinking I might start. And then you said, and then you picked up in like a work league. And then you're like, Keenan, if you have a spot in your league. 
let me know. I was gonna do a, then, I was gonna do a work leak once upon a time. I was supposed to be the twelfth guy, and then the eleventh guy dropped, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we don't want to." I'm like, "That's fine." So I dropped out, okay. and then last year was my first league I did with Duke. Y- yeah, Not so bad. like you didn't want to do it, but it's anyway, true. so this was, and this that. was like twenty. This was years, like obviously years ago, and so Austin. Ira and Austin got into like a big blow up. Our league was in shambles for a while, but Austin and I can't even remember over what it was to be honest with you. I really don't. But they got into like a big argument. It on it left with Austin just being like, "I'm done." Left the league. Chelsea had her cousin, I think it was. Chelsea's cousin came in. And then Chelsea did a bunch of trades with her cousin that almost <laughs> felt like collusion. And Calvin Johnson happened uh, to be in it. Ira was like one game out of playoff contention with a win. He could have made it in. He played Calvin Johnson. He blew up and Ira was irate. Pun intended. And it was like, and so it, there was just such a weird, there was a weird time in our league. Like our years Two, two and a half to like four and a half, five were really rocky. But then when we started doing the destination drafts, it kind of brought everything back together. And now our leagues, I think, is a pretty, it's a really good spot. So that's why that game is so memorable, the Calvin Johnson game, because I just reminds me of the chaos, the chaos that was going on within our fantasy league. But so that's it. Who we won it all that year? I want to say that was year two. And I want to say it was if it was year two, that was Jared. And I believe it was year two. And I believe that was the David Johnson that we talked about on the last pod that year. Okay. I want to say it was that. I think it was year two and it was Jared. Okay. But yeah, so fun stuff. Uh, it was a, a good time in the league. But we can move on to this Dallas game now after the fun stuff of fantasy. That's great. Yeah, it's Commanders at the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys are a 12 and a half point favorite. Uh, They're 12 and a half now? Yeah. They were like 11 a couple days ago. Yeah. yeah and you can still even get at 10 and a half, I believe. Um, but yeah, 12 and a half on FanDuel. I mean, you want to talk about this, this time slot. This has produced some legendary moments. Uh, most famously, probably the Randy Moss game. Three catches, three <laughs> touchdowns, like a buck 84 or something stupid like that. Like yeah. Only Randy Moss could. Um, yeah, I don't have much ex- expectations about this game. I think the commanders will at least be a little competitive, but I think the Cowboys will pull away. Uh, low key, I'm almost hoping for uh, a Dak Picasso game. Like, I hope he has like a six touchdown game just to insert himself in the MVP picture because uh, mm-hmm. Hertz is now the favorite, but also Hertz didn't even play that great on Monday night. Like, he, no, he had a pedestrian game which is apparently my new word but he had a very average game throw yeah he had a a good throw a couple rushing touchdowns whatever but i mean i would not be mad at i mean we've talked about this before but i would not be mad at mccaffrey or tyreek uh getting the mvp award i think they're more worthy of it than any of the quarterbacks right now so i want Dak to have a big mars more in lamar uh, jalen hurts in my personal opinion i would rather give it to lamar than jalen that's for sure. And, you know, maybe Lamar will have like a three or four touchdown game Sunday night against the uh, Chargers defense and he can kind if of there's a team. assert himself. <laughs> if there's a, if there's there's a, a team. team. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I don't even Lamar, like I think Lamar's having a better season for sure. But 
MVP wise, I just think these position players got it more than the QBs right now. Granted, we got plenty of time left. Uh, but let me give you a score here. I'm gonna say 31 to 17. I mean, I did say Dak six touchdowns. So let me let me let me beef it up a little bit. Uh, we'll say 40 to 23 Cowboys. How about that? 40 to 23. I don't know why I didn't write down your first score because I was being because I was thinking about fantasy, but it was 28 24 at Detroit, right? So mm-hmm. to make sure. Okay, just want to make sure I got. It. Um, so I have 33 21 Dallas. Um, real quick, I wanted to just mention the only reason why Dak's not in the MVP conversation right now is because of the 49ers game. That is, it has nothing to do with his stats because if you're comparing stats, it's 19 touchdowns to six picks, 104 rating. That's going to be comparable to any quarterback in the league right now. They're seven and three, so it's not a record thing. It's the fact that the one time it was like, oh, Dak in a big spot, how is he going to do? Obviously, the Eagles was a big spot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make it sound like it wasn't, but he played phenomenal in that game, but they ended up losing. But Dak in a big spot, they beefed up this game like it was going to be the biggest thing Sunday night, and he played his worst game of the season and looked bad. So when you have when you have the one touchdown, three pick game, people just think about that moment, which is why this game... If this is big, and then I think, and then the Eagles game, if they can beat the Eagles and he has back to back big games, like in that kind of sense, then I think that he definitely can be in the MVP race for the first time truly since his rookie season. But uh, 33 21 Dallas, I think they roll. He's been, he's been historically great on um, Thanksgiving. I just hope we get back to a point where MVP is not just a QB award. Uh, it seems like it became that way, especially during like the true Brady era, like the 2010s. Um, yeah. So I just hope we get back to a point where I want to say anybody can win it. But I mean, I definitely think there's position players and defensive players that are worthy of it, worthy of the award, especially this year, where, again, no quarterback is separating themselves at all. So, yeah, I just mm-hmm. hope we get to a point where and I don't think we will, but I hope we get to a point where it could be more than just QBs. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it should be the most valuable player. Like, if in all realist, realistically, Tyree Kill should be in your conversation. Christian McCaffrey should be in your conversation. Uh, Miles Garrett should be in your conversation. Those are three people who absolutely are the most valuable players on their team, and those teams are winning a lot of games because of it. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. I think Dak should be in the conversation, like around the conversation, but. Those three skill position, uh, the two skill position players and the defensive player, those people should be in the conversation as well. So, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, so for our nightcap primetime game, Niners at Seahawks. Geno Smith is playing. Uh, the Niners are a seven-point favorite on the road. I do expect the Niners to win this game. I almost don't really know what to expect out of this game, honestly. Uh, had Geno been fully healthy, I mean, who knows? I don't really know how bad the injury actually is. It was bad enough to force him out for, I think, two or three drives on Sunday. So I'm going to go low here. I think this defense is going to show up a little bit, but I think the Niners win handily. So I'm going to say 24 to 15, San Francisco. 
I'm pretty close to you. I have it uh, 27-14 San Francisco. I think it's going to be very similar to the game they played last week against the Bucks, where early on they show their class late in the game, kind of get a little bit more lax because they're confident, and then maybe the Seahawks can kind of make it a little interesting, but they don't really ever pull too close, and I think it's going to be around 27-14. And in the first ever Black Friday game, three o'clock kind of that's that's the weirdest part about this game three o'clock like why not just put on prime time uh, i don't think there's yeah. any the nba's got stuff going on that night but like oh i guess it is their in-season tournament games but still i mean you could put put this on but you could have put it yeah you could have put i mean at the in-season tournaments going on at 2 30 so True. i mean it's magic it's magic um celtics at 2 30 so it's not like you're gonna do anything you could have even put it at five to make it like a dinner time kind of game, make it a little bit better for people. I mean, what they should have done if it was truly Black Friday, you know, put it on at like midnight Thursday going into Friday. That would, I would be a hundred percent for that. I think that would be, I think that would be very cool if they put it like, yeah, if they put a one a.m. game for Black Friday, I think that would be, I think that would be very. Cool. <laughs> The players probably wouldn't think so, but I think that would be I think that'd be great. A midnight game would be sick. Uh, I think a midnight game would be absolutely fire. But so for this game, it's in New Jersey. Dolphins yep. at the Jets, nine and a half point favorite. I don't know if I said that. The you Dolphins did not. are so good. Uh Tim Boyle's Jets. I can't imagine there's a world where they score here. Uh, if Zach Wilson was a QB, I'd be hard pressed to think they'd score. Uh, Tim Boyle, we read his stats last time. Uh, what was it? One career touchdown in college? Maybe a little um, bit more? At, at, U, at UConn, it was one touchdown to 13 picks. He threw 11 touchdowns at Eastern Kentucky. So throughout his college career, he threw 12 touchdowns. And that was, he was a redshirt senior, so that's five years. I would imagine this goes similar to the Bills game where the defense puts up a fight and then at some point they do not put up a fight. Uh, there's a chance here, if if the Dolphins c- can really put it on them, uh, there's a chance where Tyreek really does maybe cement himself into the MVP conversation. Maybe he has himself a two or three touchdown game, or a, I don't want it. Two hundred yards against the Jets defense would be a little much, but you know maybe a buck fifty, maybe a buck thirty five. Um, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking thirty one to nine here. I can't again. You know, I'll I'll give them double digits. We'll say thirty-one to twelve. Thirty-one to twelve. Miami Dolphins could get even more out of hand, but it all depends. But we'll keep it tame here. Thirty-one to twelve. I do. I have respect for the Jets defense. I think it could be twenty. I'm thinking I got twenty-eight to eleven. <laughs> um, I don't know how many Friday games so we've a, had. They get a safety. I know they could get a two point conversion or three two. They They're could. I don't really. They. I think they can get a touchdown. Yes, I think that they run the ball well enough to where they can get a touchdown. I mean, Devito put up thirty one, so and I didn't think they were going to do anything. I think they can get a touchdown. I think. I mean, I'm not saying Devito they're getting a lot, but I, a, I mean, to be fair, the Commanders are their defense took a step back. 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. They traded away their two of their like three best defenders. <laughs> but yeah, Devito absolutely. is a Devito is a good comparison because he didn't have the best college career either. He was a pretty just average QB in college as well. Yeah. Um, but at so, least the Jets play the Commanders well. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe they get a Thanksgiving or sorry, a Black Friday gift and they get a touchdown for all the Jets fans that are going to be out of their minds, pissed watching this team get blow out. Because I can't imagine a world where it's not a blowout in this game. So. Yeah, it's neither be some can angry I. Fans, uh, the weather. Not sure what the weather's going to be like. Maybe it'll be an ugly weather game too. If that's the case, maybe uh, the Dolphins don't score as much. But yeah, this should be an ugly ass game. This should be a blowout. The Dolphins should take care of business. Uh, we can get to the Sunday slate though. Unless you uh, got any more Tim Boyle thoughts. I don't have any more Tim Boyle thoughts. It's going to be about like forty eight degrees and partly cloudy, so it should be fine. And uh, good throwing weather. I don't Tim. know. If there wasn't, there's probably been other Friday games that I'm not thinking of, but the last Friday game I actually can remember was Alvin Kamara's six touchdown day on Christmas. That's the last Friday game I can remember. So the only reason why I bring that up is maybe we get something that special on Friday. I, I don't know realize. if that's the last Friday game the NFL game the NFL was, but like off the top of my head, like why was I that? I think that was the last one. Why was that game even on a Friday? Cause it was Christmas. Like they had, there was a, it was the first year they started Christmas Day games, and the Saints were there, and Alvin Kamara had a six touchdown game. Why I don't. So know. like you're saying, like in the future, if there's a Tuesday Christmas, is going to be an NFL game on Tuesday? Possibly. Because it seems because they like they now have they have football on Christmas now. Like that's I thought a, it, like I thought they've been doing that because it's just been falling on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, the first one um was on a Friday. a Friday, so which is which is very weird. Um, I don't know why, but it was. Yeah, they won fifty-two to thirty-three over the wow. Vikings. I vaguely remember that game. I do not remember that final score. That's insane. Uh, yeah, home game for the so, Saints too. Um, it was. I believe so, yeah. Okay. So, uh we'll see, but it was at yeah, 2020 was yep, yeah, 2020 six touchdown game for Kamara. That was the, that's the last Friday game I remember. There might have hmm. been a Friday game between 2020 Christmas and now that I'm just forgetting. I doubt that's it. the last one. I the only that, reason why I'm, I thought this was the first Friday game ever, honestly. I didn't even realize there had been Friday games prior to this, so and That's so the only reason why I bring that up is just because of the fact that hopefully we get uh hopefully we get something amazing. Hopefully we get hopefully something. Hopefully we get hopefully produces yeah. some sort of uh legendary moment. Maybe we'll get some Black Friday jerseys. I don't know. Um maybe. First game I got here for the one o'clock schedule. Two legendary franchises. A rivalry, true rivalry. Uh, once upon a time, this was a banner game, uh, but these two teams are putting out dog shit. Patriots, our Patriots at the New York Giants. Patriots are favored by three and a half. I got the Pats winning this game mainly because it's Tommy DeVito versus a Gerard Mayo, a Bill Belichick, and whoever else, maybe Steve Belichick defense. Uh, I can't imagine a world where Tommy DeVito pulls out a win. If that's the case, then uh, I mean... That will be officially a new low if Tommy DeVito puts up 
for tutties on Bill Belichick and the crew. Uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, shoot, twenty to fourteen, I guess. Patriots. We'll go with that. So, I'm very conflicted. I'm obviously, as we've talked about a couple weeks ago, I'm on the guy who wants to get Caleb Williams, which means they need to lose these games. And I did say after they lost, I'm going to predict them to lose all these games, even though I'd be happy with wins because I'm fine with it. So I'm gonna I'm predicting a twenty to sixteen Giants win. It's a win win situation for me. If the Patriots win, I'm happy. If the Patriots lose, we're one step closer to Caleb. So it's a win win situation for me, but twenty to sixteen Giants. I will not predict the Patriots to win any other game other than the Jets game. The last, I'm gonna book it now. They're beating the Jets at the end of the season. That's probably what they're gonna do to ruin things. But other than that, I'm not predicting any other wins for the Patriots. They don't deserve it. We'll Interesting. Start back next year. Uh, I mean, the only way I could see the Giants winning this game is if it's Tommy DeVito versus Bailey Zappi. But even then, I think Zappi's the better quarterback, even though. He doesn't look great at any point this year mm. or in preseason. Uh, yeah. If they haven't named the starter, I'm going to guess it's Mac. But if you it would is think. In fact, Zappy, then, you know, then you've got a chance here. But this line itself indicates that it's probably Mac. So, yeah, you I'm going to roll think, with the Patriots. Yeah. Again, it's in New York or it's in New Jersey. So, me, that's a factor. I don't know. But I think they'll, excuse me, I think they'll outright win. The Giants do not have much talent at all outside of Saquon. So maybe Saquon Barkley has an insane game and that's it. That could be a pathway. Yeah. Maybe uh, we get a lot of Saquon screens from Tommy DeVito. Mm-hmm. That could be the pathway. But other than that, I think overall the Patriots are the better team here. Uh, this game, this is one of the more interesting games of the week to me. Uh, this would have been great had Joe Burrow still been here. Uh, you know, I yeah, think the Bengals to win, uh, but I'd at least be entertaining. Now we're coming off a firing the firing of Matt Canada, which I know Tim Gray is more than happy about. You'd think he's a Steelers <laughs> fan. He's so happy about it, probably. But <laughs> Steelers are favored at Cincinnati by a point and a half. Um, I could see a world where the Bengals win this game. Jake Browning, that's his name, correct? Yep. He looks competent. I mean, he's a backup, but he, he looks does. he looks like he can at least move the ball. The Bengals still have all that talent around him. Uh, this defense kind of comes and goes with the Bengals. Uh, but the Steelers can't move the ball at all. Uh, Matt Canada, no Matt Canada. You're still only getting max 17 to 20 points out of this out of this offense, you know? True points. Uh, the best unit in this game is probably the Steelers' defense, given that the offense for the Bengals, again, is run by Jake Browning now. So uh, I think this is going to be right in that 2017 zone. And I'm going to roll with the Bengals just for the chaos. 2017 Bengals. Go home. I actually, uh, what's the spread on this? Point and a half. Steelers favored. I actually have the Bengals winning 23 to 20. I think they're going to be, they're going to be a team that's going to be frisky now. Mm -hmm. So I can, I can see them being frisky. And as they, I think Joe Mixon, you're going to see a lot of him. You're going to see a lot of underneath routes from Chase. Because he can get open in short spaces, I so I think a lot of this stuff is going to be interesting to see the Bengals and see how Zach Taylor can coach this without Burrow. They're talented. They can't be 
a go from a Super Bowl team to a terrible team, in my personal opinion, just because of the quarterback. You can go from Super Bowl to not like a playoff contender, clearly. Mm-hmm. But they have enough talent. You can't be that only quarterback centric to go from a Super Bowl contender to that terrible. Sure. So I think they're gonna. I think they're a decent team, and they're gonna. They're gonna. It's gonna be a weird game. They're gonna beat Pittsburgh. People are gonna be like, "Oh, are they gonna make the playoffs? Or can they still do it?" And then they'll probably fall out of it. But it'll be interesting. I, I think Chris Paul just got ejected. By the way, Grand really? Fact, this. Yeah, the Suns are up sixteen. I couldn't really tell. I saw he was yelling and like kind of running towards the ref a little bit. <laughs> I don't really know for what or why, but <laughs> someone's got to do it if Draymond's not there, and it would be Chris. Yeah, Paul. I was gonna say Draymond. Yeah, so I originally wanted to up. pick this game as an 18-18 tie, but I'm not really <laughs> sure if that's allowed. So I went with 27. Oh, it's always Bengals. allowed. If you... <laughs> uh, but this game has tie written all over it. I believe didn't these two teams tie last year, Bengals and Steelers, or in recent memory? Recent, possibly last year. No. Um, last year they the Bengals lost Week One because that was the Joe Burrow two touchdown four pick game, and then the second one I want to say the the uh, Bengals snuck a win. <laughs> I feel like in my lifetime, I'd have to look up the stats on this, but I feel like in my lifetime the Steelers have tied more than like any other team. Uh, like I just have memories of them tying like yeah. every few years. It seems like I don't know what it is about Tomlin and the Steelers, but. This is an ugly game, though. Next, we got Panthers at the Titans. Titans are a four-point favorite over the Panthers. Both these teams are bad, but the Panthers are worse. This offense is terrible. Frank Reich is probably getting fired after the season. Uh, I'm going to say 21-10. to 21-10 Titans. Even though their offense showed signs of life last year or last week, the Panthers did. They tried to against the Cowboys, at least. Like, they looked a little more lively, whatever the fuck that means in their case. Uh, you know, I'll be nice. 21 to 13. I'll give them, maybe they get two touchdowns and a missed extra point there. So, 21 13 Titans. Yeah. Um, I've got the Titans myself, 22 to 19. I think it's going to be close. I don't mind. Uh, this Panthers team at times, uh, they're not good by any means. What does that even mean? But, what do you mean? You, what do you, mind, what do you mean, mean you don't like, mind them? But but don't. I was about to say, but I don't mind. I mean, like offensively, from time to time, they can move the ball. I more so meant I don't mind this Panthers offense. I think Bryce Young and Adam Thielen have a decent connection, and Chuba Hubbard's been running better than Miles Sanders. So it's once in a while, they can put some drives together. Once in a great while. That's about that. And the yeah, what they once in a while they can put some drives together and the Titans pass defense isn't great. So they can make it semi close with a Titans team that doesn't have the real capabilities of blowing them out. But maybe they blow them out just because the Panthers are that bad. So I don't know. But twenty two to nineteen, this is a game I could not care less about. Speaking of that, a uh, game you probably will care about because it's Oh also Kyle. Hmm. Just wanted to quickly say, I was looking up tied games because you're talking about it. 2020, the um, actually the Bengals tied the Steelers tied with the Lions in 2021. I'm looking at overtime ties, obviously, because that would be what it would be. Um, 
the last tie for the Bengals was 2020 with the Eagles. Hmm. Enough. Hmm. I'm looking here. The Steelers. Uh, Steelers tied with the Browns in 2018. But as you're look as right now, actually, what it's looking like is possibly the Steelers or the Bengals have the most, or the Browns have the most ties. The AFC North has easily the most ties, which wouldn't, if you're going to pick a division, it would be, be the, the AFC, AFC North, North, just because that's how they roll. It's a true story. Uh, that's just how they are. Well, this is the biggest game of the one o'clock window. It's the Jags at the Texans. Mm-hmm. The Jags are favored by a point and a half. Uh, this game will tell us a lot about both teams. I'm going to roll with the Jags here. I don't really know what to expect. I mean, you could tell me the Texans are going to fall flat on their face. Uh, I could easily, not easily, but I could foresee a, a situation, a scenario where it ends up being 28-17 Jags. Um, and I'm actually yeah. going to pick that. I don't know why. It's more than likely going to be a good game, but I'm going to say the Jags roll away with this one, 28-17. They take control of it. There's no real reason for it, just what I feel. Um, but it very well could be a three-point game, one-possession game. Very well could be the Texans running away with it. But this is a game that the Jags need. They lose this game. Uh, it's going to be a big confidence boost for the Texans. And we talk about MVP. Uh, depending on how he plays, that could shoot Stroud right into the MVP stratosphere. I mean, he didn't have the best game against the Cardinals. Yeah. But – this could vault him right back into the, the conversation. Job. So, so I think you're right. And in most years, I would pick that like kind of thing where the Jags are just, they're the more conditioned, more seasoned team. Obviously Trevor, they went to the playoffs last year. Doug Peterson is a veteran coach. You have a rookie coach or a rookie quarterback on the other side. He started to show his first signs of being a rookie last week, a couple bad picks, which is fine because, again, he wasn't going to go his career with being perfect. So the year is going to happen. But they still managed to win the game, too. So that's good on his part that he was able to get them to still in position to win. I've actually got a Texans 27 to 25 win because everything about cj stroud has not been what's expected and i think this is going to be another one of those instances i've got 27 25 texans but yours makes a lot of sense to me yeah mine's more of a pick i mean it's kind of the same as last week i mean i picked the cardinals Yours is a smarter pick yeah i mean i just at some point he's got to regress you know what i mean i mean i keep I would be shocked if he came Absolutely. out and had another like four or five touchdown performance or even a, a three touchdown performance. You know what I mean? Like rookies just aren't supposed to do that. That being said, the quarterback play in the league in general, let's talk about it every week, is not great. And he's immediately in that top 15. That's being nice. He's probably even top 12 already. Uh, the Jags, mm. however, I mean, yeah, they made it to the playoffs last year, but they've proven each year, last year, this year, each year since the Urban Meyer era, no matter how talented they are, you just can't trust them at all. I mean, they just love turning the ball over when they're not supposed to. Love turning the ball over in the red zone. Love fumbling at the worst times. Uh, so this is ripe for a Jaguars loss. Uh, the only thing missing is it being Jaguars at home and them having a heartbreaking loss. But it's on the road. Uh, it's going to be a true playoff atmosphere. Like, this is yeah. – I cannot wait for this game. 
Uh, like I said, it's great that the rest of these games, actually minus the next one we're talking about, it's actually a low-key good game, but the rest of the games are kind of whatever. They're going to be good. They're going to be competitive, but we can really focus on this game in the 1 o'clock window. And again, it'll tell us a lot about both teams. Uh, they will be facing each other very soon as well, right? Like if not, it's not two weeks from now, is it, that they play each other? Who? Sorry? Jags-Texans. No, they already played once. Did they? Yeah, they Texans won 37-17. Week three. God damn. I think. And they won handily. It's yeah, a, no, it was a it was a good which is why the Jags need this game they, more than anything. Cause then game. the Cause if not, the Texans would have swept the season series. And uh the Jags right now, I think they've lost obviously they lost three games. So they would have two division losses. I think the Texans also have two division losses as of right now. Yeah, Jags lose so this game. It, They're textbook frauds. They got to win this game. Yeah, they, absol- they absolutely need to win this game. Because uh, the, the Texans... <laughs> um, Yeah, I think the Texans would have uh, only one division loss as of right now, and that was to the Colts in week two. And otherwise, they haven't lost in division yet because they play the Colts again. They haven't played the Titans yet. So if they can get 5-1 and one in the division or even 4-2 and two in the division but still have the tiebreaker with the Jags, that makes the tiebreakers at the end of the season even more important. So this is a must win for both teams, really, but for, especially for the Jags because they have the Super Bowl aspirations. Absolutely, yeah. They at least got to take that next step. Um, yep. At least have a competitive divisional round game if they make it that far, if you're the Jaguars. Uh, but at this point, yep. it's, you know, will you even... I mean, they should be a wild card, but never know with this yeah. team. Uh, next, we got Saints at the Falcons. Falcons, for some reason, are favored by a point and a half. I think they have no business being favored in this game, whether that's Ritter or whether that's Heineke. I think they have no business being favored at all. Uh, it looks like it'll be Ritter starting. Cool. I mean, again, this Falcons team has all kinds of potential. I dislike their play calling. They don't get the <laughs> they don't get the ball to their playmakers at all. Uh, I think no. the Saints Saints at least have an identity. Saints at least get the ball to their playmakers. Saints at least have a good defense. Uh, I'm all over the Saints on this game. I think it's going to be the Saints 27 to 20 full touchdown. I have the Saints winning 23-21. I want the Falcons to win. That is the that's th- the Falcons rule to win or lose by two. So Yeah, I would love I would love for the Falcons to win because I like them more than I like my guy Bijan from Texas. Um so it'd be nice for them to get a W. I just they're gonna call they're gonna play call their way out of this game. Essentially how it's gonna go. Yeah, Saints are by no mean a by no means a great team, but they're at least a good team. And they're at least a competent team. You know what I mean? They can pick up first downs. Uh, they won't play it, call themselves out of it. Got a good defense. Like, they just have players all over, which the Falcons do too. But, I mean, at least Heineke was kind of getting the ball to their playmakers a little bit. And then he's gone. They're going to go yeah. back to Ritter. So, I don't have the greatest confidence in him. He has had QB. moments this season. I'll give him that. But, yeah, I don't know. I just Packers. Think- he had big games. He had a big plays against the Packers to go in that game against him. Like he's had a couple big plays and big moments, but 
they need a QB. Like they have they have too much offensive talent and their defense is good enough right now that they could be they could easily win this division if they had a good QB. Easy. Go bring back but that's not saying much. Go too. bring back Matty Ice, you know. Have him sit in the pocket. Hey. <laughs> Next he might be more confident. Speaking of teams, I don't understand why they're favored at all. Uh Buccaneers at Colts. Colts are a two and a half point favorite. I don't understand that at all. Uh give me the Buccaneers here. 28-15. I don't have a, that much of a lopsided game. I actually have a, a closer game, but I do have the Bucks winning. I have a 24-21. Then next, we have the Rams at the Cardinals. Rams are on the road, but favored by a point and a half. I think this is actually going to be similar to the last game the Rams had against the Seahawks. Uh, I think this is going to be an ugly Low scoring ish game. I think it's going to be twenty one to twenty. Go the Rams. They got playoff hopes. So we'll say actually give it twenty three twenty. We'll give it a full field goal game. Rams win. I've actually got the Rams twenty five to twenty. Uh, Kyron Williams is coming back, and so he has been running the ball really well for them this season before he went on IR. Um, and I think they're going to get back to running the ball because. One underrated thing about all these new offensive coaches, LaFleur, McVay, Shanahan, all of them, they love to run the ball. Like running the ball, they they love to run the ball because their favorite thing is play action because mm-hmm. it gives you the best looks and everything. So these like that's why it's so important still to run the ball in football. I know sometimes it can be we think it's just such a passing game, but running is so important. So, but I got 20 uh, 25 20 Rams. I do have a question. Yeah. Going back to uh, the fantasy topic. Today was our trade deadline. Why was the deadline at noon? Why not make it at like 8 p.m.? Oh. Um, so we have I like a true window. We... I was like, oh, let me go. Remember. like, Because me and Joe were talking about some trades the last two days. And I'm like, let me. I don't actually remember why we said it at noon. I think we just had said it at noon. I mean, we can talk about it next year and change it to 8. But I think we just had it set I mean, even 4 p.m., but like. I went to go send Dre to, or Joe a trade at 1 o'clock. It was actually like 1 p.m. on the dot, and then it would not let me select any trades. I'm like, there's no way it's a, We can bring it. Like, there's no way it's the deadline's right now. And then I look, 12 p.m. It was, I'm like, oh, then. my bad. We can we can definitely address it next year. We are very open with, uh, changing, with rule changes and everything like that so we're very we're much open and hopefully this year we have a true destination there after we get to plan it out now to get back to what we do could go to jamaica have a fun time listen whatever we do it's gonna be it's gonna be a lit weekend <laughs> it's always been it's gonna it's gonna be a lit weekend we're always gonna have fun um it's required that we have a tom brady is not the goat conversation with joe disazzo so that's like a required every year thing i don't know why it's baked in but you can bake in an hour of tom why tom brady's not as special as he is you know what we've had that conversation with joe before and i almost feel like he's come around to it at times like he's i feel like he's conceded a little more like like yeah, like I don't think he's the goat, or I don't like, but I see why he is. So I feel like he's let up. Like I feel like Joe's he's like let up a little bit, yeah. Because I mean, like so. the last good debate we had, me and him actually agreed on. Like he just took a, a step too far. Was like I'd rather build around a pocket QB than a running QB. Granted, I want the Patriots to get a running QB. I just want a completely different style. But in general, I just think pocket QBs 
stay healthier. But I think he said something like, he said he would take someone like average that was a pocket QB over Lamar. I forget who it was. Yeah, he just said he has like he has a problem with running QBs like that, and that's that's the thing with him is he just always takes it a step too far. He's, I understand the sentiment. Like it was like no. it was someone average. We're like, come I on, don't. we would not take him over Lamar. But I was like, I agree with you. I you're probably safe. It's a safer bet to build around a pocket QB than it is a running QB for sure. It's safer to build around Joe Burrow than it is to build around Lamar Jackson. Like Joe Burrow's like what Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's the quarterback of the pocket QB that you want. Mm -hmm. He's going to stay in the pocket, but he can run on third down. He can extend a play. Like that's, that's the pocket QB, especially in today's game. That's what you want is the guy who, Wants to be in the pocket, is surgical there. But if it's third and seven and the lane's open, he can go get you seven. He can go get you ten if you need it. That's so kind of. But you can go on. Next game. This is actually an entertaining game. I like this game a lot. This could breed a lot of chaos, truly. Uh, it's Browns at the Broncos. Broncos are favored by a point and a half. As I'm reading all this, I have no idea who I'm going to pick. You could tell me the Broncos are going to win this game. You could tell me the Browns are going to win this game. Their defense doesn't travel as well as you'd think. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Broncos, even though they're going to they're going to give Russ hell. But I'd be surprised if DTR won two games in a row. Uh, the Broncos mm-hmm. do have talent all around. It's not like they're an amazing team, but they do at least have talent. They'll win ugly. Uh, I'm going to say something like 24-17, 24-18 for a weird score. So I actually have the Browns winning this game 19 to 14. Mm. Um I think it's I think it's going to be one of those games that's just going to be messy the entire time. Uh it's just one just one of those weird games that like both teams can't really move the ball and maybe it comes down to a big rust turnover at the end because the defense is good enough to make them. And it just comes down to that. But if the Broncos win, I'm not shocked by any means. So it's not like it's a, oh my God, the Broncos won kind of thing for me. But I I think the, uh, I do think that uh, Cleveland's going to pull out the dub. Broncos very much struggled against the Vikings defense. They did pull out that win, but I mean, they struggle mightily and they struggle against aggressive defenses. Russ struggles against the blitz. He's not as athletic anymore. So he struggles to, Get out of the pocket. Granted, he's made some great plays out of the pocket, too, the last few weeks, but he is missing that burst, though. But I do think they pull it out. But, hey, the Browns win this game. Uh, You've got to feel good about their playoff chances for sure. Uh, Next, we got the Chiefs at the Raiders. Chiefs are favored by 8.5. I'm going to roll with the Chiefs here, 27-17. to Bounce back win for them after their loss to the Eagles. I've got them thirty to nineteen. I think the I think they come out and make a statement early, and they kind of just their defense wins it for them late. Nothing, nothing too special. Nothing too crazy. And then the best game we have of that late afternoon window: Bills at the Eagles. Eagles are a three point favorite. I think this is a crazy game. I really do. I think the Bills. They're obviously the most desperate team here. They're going to be playing for their lives the rest of the season. Really, uh, I got the Eagles winning twenty eight twenty five. I think the Bills are going to have a great effort. I think Josh Allen's going to have a great game. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I would be surprised if the Bills pulled it out. I really would be. But 
This would be the game, though. Cut, catching the Eagles after the Chiefs, catching the Eagles off a big high. Hurts didn't play well. So if this defense can show up at all, which it's not likely for the Bills, but hey, if you could get a shootout and then they get the ball last, you never know. But I'm mm. rolling with the Eagles 28-25. I actually like the Eagles here, too, but I have it 35-32. Mm. I think this game's going to be super high scoring. Um, the the Eagles' pass defense wasn't particularly great against the Chiefs. They just dropped a lot of balls. They were miscommunications on some routes. And Stephon Diggs can get open. Gabe Davis can get open. Shakir can get behind the defense if need be. So I think that the Bills will be able to move the ball and they're going to play playing desperate. And Josh Allen's due for a Josh Allen big game. Because even against the Jets, like he was good, but he wasn't like, oh my God, this Josh Allen guy is special. He's due for one of those. He hasn't had one in a minute. So I think he's due for one of those. But I think Jalen Hurts is also due to show like, yeah, I'm really that guy. So I think we'll be walking out of the weekend, maybe talking about Jalen Hurts, like definitively being in that him and Lamar two head brace for that MVP. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, I mean, after you, but. I picked I picked Hurts before the year to win MVP, and the way he's playing, him being the front runner on a site like FanDuel, um, I would be mad if he won. I truly would be. Uh, if if everything stayed chalk right now, like if he was playing at the same pace as he is right now, yep. everybody like including Tyreek, including McCaffrey, and Hurts won it, I'd be upset at that. Just a, like, what are we saying this award is? You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, Tyreek's going to have to get like, Tyreek will have to go for 2K if he's going to win it. McCaffrey, I think, has played his way out of it. And I don't, he hasn't played bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make it sound like he's played bad at all. But it's like, he went from being spectacular to really good. And for him to win, he had to be like, wait, because of the, the, year, the 1 0 touchdown game he had? Um, no, it's just like his last like weeks of yardage has been like 78, 95, 54, 45, 43. It's because they have so many weapons offensively that they'll, they're now taking away Christian McCaffrey. So it's like, okay, Brandon, now you last game had a buck 56 or George Kittle has been going off. He had 143 a couple weeks ago. So just because they're so good at spreading the ball around and having to use because they have so many weapons that's that's the only reason why for me that he's like he went from being soup like absolutely spectacular statistically to just really good because he's getting good yards per carry plus he's doing in the receiving game too so but you know as well as i know we saw derrick henry run for 2000 a couple years back and not winning you have to go crazy as a skill position so i don't think realistically i don't think he has a chance i actually realistically think that tyreek has like a super outside chance but he just has to get to two thousand. Difference with He's those win. difference with those years, though, I would say is I think we at least had some outstanding QB play. Whereas this year, it's very middle of the road. Like Mahomes hasn't separated himself. Uh, Hurts, his angle would be his rushing ability. That would really be his angle here because as a passer, it's been average. Uh, you know, we've said Lamar has a chance to separate himself. Uh, I really think McCaffrey, though. Given the Niners' schedule that they have coming up, like they got a lot of big games, they're going to be featuring him a lot in those games. Of course, like I think he'll get even more touches. The last couple of games have been 
you know, pretty easy victories for the Niners. Uh, you know, I think he could play his way back into the conversation again. Whatever, oh, yeah, whatever that is, definitely a possibility. Whatever that is, because again, I just I really don't know what we're doing with the MVP award at some points uh, in years like this. But we'll see. It'll shake itself out over the over the final stretch here. Like if Tyreek just went for a buck forty six, if he can get, if he can go for two hundo like this coming week in a big game, especially because it's against Sauce too, he'll be seeing. Like, oh, big time corner, he lit him up. And then a couple good 100-yard games to get to that 2,000 mark, 10 touchdowns at least. Then I think they get to maybe 12 and 5. Then I think, actually, he's already at 9. They'll get to 16 touchdowns. Jeez, that's a very big possibility. He could, he's still, it's possible for him. It's possible. Uh, Next we got for the Sunday night game, the Ravens traveling to L.A., uh, I think this is going to be a good game, an entertaining game. There's no way the Chargers win this game because there's no way they win these type of games. They just find a way to lose. Uh, whether it's Staley, whether it's Herbert's receivers dropping balls, whether it's Herbert just happening to not make that play, uh, they find ways to lose. I'll have the Ravens in this game 35-28. to 28. Cool. 35. Uh, what's the spread, sir? Three and a half, Ravens. So I've got the Ravens actually 32 to 20. I know I have a lot of confidence right now in this offense. Um, as we talked about a little bit before, I think Austin Eckler's taken a little bit of a step back in speed wise. I just don't think he looks, I don't think he looks like he has the burst he used to. Uh, Keenan Allen's really their only weapon right now. Um, so I think that they're good, but not great. And defensively, you can obviously do whatever you want. I, this is a game where I believe Lamar will put himself at the, again, as I just barely said, it'll be him and Hertz as your two MVP horse races, biggest horses. And I, my favorite right now is going forward. If I had to bet for the remainder of the year would be Lamar. Cause I think he could get the, cause right now they're the one seed too. And if he can go five and one, Possibly, and he'd get the one seed. Plus, playing well, I think he would be the guy to get it. And two MVPs—that's different. That's different category for you, especially in the NFL. Absolutely, absolutely. That is rarefied air. Multiple MVPs. Uh, mm-hmm. Lastly, Monday night we got the Bears traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota's a three and a half point favorite. Uh, <sighs> I mean, look, Dobbs is brand new to Minnesota. We know this. Uh, and the Broncos showed you last week that if you blitz him, given that it is a brand new team and given that he hasn't had a lot of practice with these guys, it can be a timing issue with him. Uh, yep. And the Bears' pass rush has improved. We've mentioned Fields can put points up on you, whether it's by scrambling, whether it's by you know a deep ball. They can sneakily put up points on you. I would not be surprised see the bears win uh this game at all i'm gonna what's our matchup by the way what i I know i was three games behind you what are we at now we are 90s we're each 97 and 67 wow we're tied tied up last week because you had the Bengals. i had the Bengals last week you had the ravens they won i had the steelers you had the bears they are browns they won and then you had the eagles i had the chiefs the eagles won and then uh those are pretty much the games that we had differences on so 
Because of that, we are now tied. I'm going to go Bears here, 24-23. Purely for chaos right. reasons, and I could just see it. I've got Minnesota 27-21. I, think, I just think they're a little bit better of a team. That's really what it comes down to. But again, I really could see the Bears coming in and Justin Fields playing very sound football and the Bears winning this game. We've got three games different this week. So regardless of how it goes, it's guaranteed that one of us will be in the lead. Guaranteed. Very interested to see how this goes, but good to know I tied it up. I fought yeah, back. You no, know, you've been you've been working back. You've been every week clawing your way back up and it's ninety seven sixty seven right now. We are both tied. There we go. Hey, thirty over five hundred for each of us. That's not bad at all. Yeah. No, that's not I was gonna say I know it's not against the spread, so people might think it's but I mean just picking games, that's fine. We should do it against the spread a couple games a week next year just to see kind of what we are maybe going three games like we actually choose yeah i mean yeah that's a little that's a little different i mean because i mean i'll admit i mean there's plenty of times i come in here and give picks and i bet completely the opposite um yep. but there's times i do just like make my picks that i picked on here uh, as far as like money mm-hmm. line goes like if it's an underdog situation like i picked i had the I had the Cardinals money line last week and I had the Cardinals covering that five and a half. They did cover, but they, you know, they obviously didn't win. So, but there yep. is times where I'll be like, yeah, pick such and such. And then I, I will bet completely the opposite. But uh, yeah, I mean, we could, we could figure out a way to do that or, you know, do picks of the week or something like that. Uh, yeah. Like if we like afterwards, just doing three picks of the week, like I'm just looking at this week, this week's kind of, I don't know. I don't feel confident in this. I wouldn't feel confident in this week at all. I'd probably, even though it's a tough line, I'd probably go Miami nine and a half. Like I just don't see how they don't get to at least a 10 point victory. I would probably go, um, I would go Baltimore, the minus three and a half. And then, because I don't see how they don't, I would think that they should win by at least five. I wish that would be at three. And then that'd probably be the two that I could think of. There would probably be one more I could find. But as of right now, if I had to just look right there and bet, that would be the couple. I mean, the one that sticks out to me, I mean, I already, I already said it, is uh, Saints going to Atlanta and getting a point. Yeah. Then- uh, I just don't think any field they play on, the Saints are a better team. And I think the Falcons are coming off back-to-back losses. So, I mean, who are they to be favored over really anybody, but especially the Saints right now? The other one, honestly, I might go would be Chiefs. I know, and I don't like to go big, but it might be Chiefs 8.5. Like, I, just, I think coming off of a loss, I think that they're – I think just the my, the Dolphins and the Chiefs are just 10 double-digit wins. I would – be very shocked if they were i mean not shocked if they weren't because like if it got to eight like on a backdoor cover it's not the most shocking thing in the world but i would just expect it to be double digit ones yeah i mean never know with divisional games but yeah you would expect you really don't i mean i had it 27 17 so yeah you would expect that the chiefs could cover against that i mean there's times where aiden o'connell looks competent then there's times where it's just like they can't even move the ball so yeah either way uh well, we are four minutes from it officially, three minutes now, officially from being Thanksgiving. Uh, what are you thankful for, Keenan, in the sporting world? 
And music world. Um, we want to go music too. We talk enough music on here. Is there anything music wise you think? Oh, actually, I'm thankful for Drake's scary hours. I was talking about how I was hoping he wasn't gonna drop like like how he said that in the line. I'm actually thankful for it. I think little quick thing. I think that Drake's now for all the dogs album plus the scary album scary hours album is a good album. And it could be good to like 8.5 ish if he was to cut out songs and rework the order and actually just have put it all together as one. Because I like a lot of songs on it. It's just the fact that there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of not like not cohesion to it. And with the scary hours, I think it fits the uh, theme of what was actually supposed to be the album, which is for the I. I actually for the dogs yeah so i guess that's me i'll just respond to that first of all duke is very eager to get back on here and discuss the deluxe album uh and that's what i'm gonna call it is it that's exactly what it is is a deluxe album i don't even know why he put the scary yeah. hours tag on there because i don't know either so that's whack i i drake does some shit like that where it's just clearly four spins uh for content purposes whatever because uh, I'm expecting an EP, and all we got was, yeah, we got an EP, but it was the six songs added six. to the original for all the dogs. Uh, yeah. And it was Drake rapping, rapping, and all that. And I got to be honest, Keenan, I've hardly listened to it. Uh, from from what I skimmed through it, it sounded great. Drake sounded great. Cole sounded great. The beats were great. But I'm like, why? Like, why am I getting this three weeks, four weeks after the original release? Maybe six weeks? I don't know how long it's been. But why? I mean, I said last Thursday when we recorded, I'm like, I could have waited on this. Like, I this is the first time I'm really not eager to hear what Drake has to say. Like, we just heard from you. Uh, we we see a lot of artists who are of a big caliber, of a, of a large scale, who are not on Drake's caliber as far as superstardom, who will do the same thing, who will release an album. I think even Future did it, where he released an album and the very next week, the deluxe came out. We've seen Young Thug do that. Uh and I'm just like, cool, but like, why? And so for Drake to do that tells me something. I don't know what he was searching for here, whether it was just more clicks, uh, whether he really felt the need to get this music out or what it was. I think that I really think that the negative reviews from it bothered him. Like, I, there's a lot of negative reviews from like people who actually matter like leading one was like joe budden obviously had his review i don't know if you ever if you saw yeah the but even, even then it. he didn't even really like, he didn't even give a negative not, review he didn't kill it it wasn't he didn't kill it but it was like i feel like a lot of people were wanting more and felt like with it with with what the album title was the album didn't live up to what the album title was supposed to be again i think that the album to me felt more if you would have named this one certified lover boy it would have made more sense to me that that's just like the original just because like how many songs he's singing and just like how he is like what he's talking about for the most part obviously you have songs like first person shooter which is like that feels like oh that's for all the dogs but like bbl love members only uh tried our best even virginia beach like all like all these he started it off and you're like okay this doesn't feel like for all the dogs, but the six that he had put out with it, 
I wasn't super excited to listen to it, but I had time and I was like, oh, I actually really like all six of these. And if he was to have worked that into the album, the actual album, and would have put that out, I think that he could have had a very, he could have had a good to, not very, very good, but like a good to pretty good project. Yeah, I mean, hey, Drake's a great artist, an all-time great Mm -hmm. artist, obviously, but I mean, there was points between the views to uh, Scorpion period where I was kind of draked out so to speak, like, yeah. where it's just, like, Drake fatigue. But I think, like, officially even more so. At least I would hear songs then and be like, oh, I like that. I, I mean, I said here, I haven't really gone back to For All the Dogs at all. I might have even said that after CLB, but even then, some stuff would pop up off of CLB. I like it, whatever. But I got the same feeling from both of those two albums. Again, I've said it time and time again, Her Loss is one that I continue to go back to, even to this day. I love that album. But for all the dogs and CLB, they seem like part one and part two to me as far as the effort put in, as far as the content. Um, again, there is good music. There's even great music on there. It's just, I don't know. I don't hear the same motivation from them. Uh, I'll let you get back to your thankful, what you're thankful for, because I was about to go on a whole other music tangent, because uh, actually Kanye and Ty Dolla dropped their first single. It leaked over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an amazing song. Uh, it's got Dirk in it. It's got old boy in it. I cannot remember his name right now. I think it's something six. I don't know his name, but he's a newer rapper, I believe, or he's a Chicago rapper, whatever, whatever. But that song's crazy. Anyway, what else are you thankful for when it comes to music and it comes to sports? Um, that's his name. Bump J. So I'm thankful I'm thankful for how the NBA is. The in-season tournament I'm actually thankful for. I think it's brought a lot of good competition, a lot of interesting competition, and I think it's going to breed good. It's going to breed good, healthy playoff atmosphere by Christmas. And with that, and then at that point, everybody's already 20-plus, like about 20 games into the season. So people actually have to start caring about the season anyways because without – how vast the league is. Um, so one thing I want to quickly mention too was you know did you see Tom Brady say that he thinks the league's mediocre? I think it's because I was talking a little bit with Daniel Reed about this. I'm thankful for Tom Brady saying that. I really am. That's another, th- and that's gonna be the last thing I'm thankful for. And the reason why is because he echoed your sentiment. I think you watched the podcast, probably saw you say it, and then wanted that's exactly to, what happened. He didn't want to. He didn't want to credit you for it, probably, but. <laughs> Tom, we love you here. We, <laughs> um, but so I was thinking about it, and like the quarterback play is, and a lot. I watched the entire thing, the interview that he was talking about with Stephen A. and how social media is kind of giving people, like almost giving people clout already before they actually completely earn it. Mm-hmm. And and he was talking about how like. I saw, I looked up to Michael Jordan on the cover of Sports Illustrated, on the cover of like, say, GQ, whatever, and like how hard he had to work to get to that. So, like, when I, I knew I had to put in this amount of work for this many years and got to get that accomplishment, and that was accomplishment. And which is why it's so crazy to think like LeBron was the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was like 16 years old, and you're like, oh my God, like him already? And it was completely warranted too. So, 
the fact that that is the case with a lot of these quarterbacks, it kind of does leave a lot to be desired and they don't compl- work on the X's and O's. And he was talking about how like the ball placement is different. The amount of mediocre is different. Plus thinking about it too, you could argue right now you have some of the most talents at you've ever had at wide receiver. Yeah. It's been a so wide like, receiver. I, you, so like, cause I'm thinking about it. Like you just uh, just offhand, Justin Jefferson, Devonte Adams, Jamar chase, all of them, like Adam Thielen. It's like, 20 and that's not even like then like normally someone like adam thielen would be like what jordan yeah roughly around there and like someone like that would have been close to like what jordy nelson was a few years back and he was like a top 10 receiver he was playing top top five because how he was playing with aaron Rodgers. but like there's just adam thielen's a very good receiver people could argue like he's not an elite on style of number one because of the fact of how many just good receivers there are in the league and we're getting more come in the league. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to step in and be just as and be right in that category, in my opinion, within maybe the first three months he plays. But it's just crazy that you have the best crop of pass catchers maybe we've ever had, like as a collective, and you're getting some of the worst quarterback play. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And it especially doesn't make sense given the last generation of QBs we had. You're coming off Brady, to some degree, both Mannings, uh, Rodgers, Breeze, Phillip Rivers. um, Big Ben. Big Ben, Stafford, Jay Cutler, even if you want to throw him in there. But a lot of those guys, you Mm -hmm. know, just within the last 12 years, Flacco. uh, All versions of QBs we've seen in the 2000s and the 90s like it just makes no sense why there isn't more trevor lawrence types like i know like andrew luck retired early so that's we lost one but i mean we've gone through it i mean after you get to 10 to 12 after you get past the geno smith range you've got a lot of mediocre quarterbacks and if you would have told anybody on earth that's an nfl fan four years ago that geno smith would be in the top 15 quarterbacks let alone starting they would have said you're fucking crazy uh, so that, I mean, that tells for you good reason. Yeah. And props to Geno Smith for, you know, having a career comeback and everything. But I mean, that just tells you what the landscape is. Cause I mean, like I told I, you, we talked about it earlier. I looked back to the 2013 season all the way down to like the 24th best QB. I would take over a lot of these guys. And these were guys maybe we didn't even like at the time, but you look at it and you're like, damn, they could definitely outplay such and such who's here today. I'm looking at it right now, Kyle. I'll read off a couple names just because we're talking about it. And then, um, so obviously we mentioned Manny Winch, Breeze, mentioned uh, Stafford, Matt Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Carson Palmer. Ryan Tannehill was fine. Joe Flacco, Tony Romo, Cam Newton. Exactly. This is 2013. Exactly. Uh, Alex Smith. That's RG3, Colin Kaepernick. Nick Foles was 27 touchdowns to two picks. That year in um, Jay Cutler, like the difference between those quarterbacks and today's quarterbacks is like, yeah, if you want to just say in a vacuum when you go out to the empty practice field, who can throw from better angles and who has more arm talent and things like that. Yeah, you could argue that today's does just because like I wouldn't even argue that. This is how like with all the camps and everything. I wouldn't even argue. But I mean, you. I mean, regardless, the argue argue. 
All the guys, whatever. You, all the guys like, you even just even if named, you don't argue that, that's fine. All the guys you just named, like Kaepernick and Cam, and all those guys are infinitely yeah, more talented than the Pickets, uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, who else we got? Oh, Jordan Love. Oh, I mean, absolutely. those all the guys you named in the that those are on the bottom tier of of that particular year. You know, Matt Ryan. I mean, all these guys are. Matt Ryan was ready to play day one when he came in the league. Uh, Cam Newton is more like what that's you see the, today. That's where I was getting to. Cam Newton is more like what you see today as far as the project QBs, like an Anthony Richardson. He gets compared to him a lot. Uh, but, I mean, RG3, Kaepernick, Alex Smith, all those guys, whether from a game management perspective or from an athletic perspective, I think all these guys had more ability than, let's say, at least half the league. And, at least half the league. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And but what I'm I'll say, and even if that is the case, what I was getting to with that was purposely, they're just professionals. They're professional level quarterbacks. They come in, they do the work, the homework. They that you come in and you don't feel like a you feel a drop off clearly, but it's not to the point where you're like this team goes from oh my god, they're like really good to this team is going to be. T- terrible like the jets went from at quarterback play like wow the jets possibly could win the super bowl to they're gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be tough to get to 20 like jake like jake browning he just feels like a, like we're talking about it and we'll see if he actually is but he just feels like a guy who's like okay. what a backup quarterback he, should be yeah he's just he's like he feels pretty solid like he like he looked confident competent and they looked like they got someone like Joe Burrow, which is what you would want to try to get. But he felt he feels like a guy who, when we watch him on Sunday, if we if Monday we come back here when we're potting and he two hundred and ten yards, two touchdowns, no picks, I'm not shocked. Like if like, he just makes the right decisions, be I would be a little be, shocked like, against the Steelers. I little I guess because it'd be the Steelers. So at like, least one said, interception. You, or two touchdowns to one pick, even. I'd <laughs> be like, that. okay. I believe that. I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, so that's pretty much. I'm thankful for Tom Brady saying that. I'm thankful for the NBA and how talented the NBA has been and how the product they're putting forward. And I'm thankful that Drake put out new music. Those that's six pack. So <laughs> man, I that's what I'm. A- <laughs> Drake, I uh, I did not hear the part of the interview where Tom Brady said. You know, it feels like these guys are getting clout before they really earn anything. Because I've never really thought about that from an NFL perspective, but I can certainly identify that in the NBA space. He didn't specifically use the word clout. I'm paraphrasing that, sure. but he basically said like, uh, "These guys are on these guys are on social media, and they're getting the uh, whole hundred thousand yeah. and millions no, I, of followers, and they think that that's I, no, I enough validation for you." I'm just I completely get exactly it. I'm saying I agree with him. I'm saying I haven't picked that up culturally from the NFL. I'm saying from the NBA perspective, I completely like that's completely happening with all the top draft picks in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, and it's part of the reason what's made NBA fandom hard is because, man, like you can't have sensible debates anymore about players. Like you say anything detracting a guy, you're a hater. But at the same time, I'm not even going to get into it, but there's certain player stands who like want to rip down a player and then you know for having no rings or having less rings and then 
if you make that same argument about said player, it's, oh, well, he didn't have this. Like, there's just not sensible arguments anymore. And it just seems like, yeah, you can't even talk. I've seen this in the media. It seems like you can't even, like, rip a player anymore because so many people are like, oh, he's done that. Like, he's averaging 20. Like, cool. Yeah, he's averaging 20, 24, but at a, on a bad team. At what cost? Like, what, is that, what does that even mean? Um, so I especially see that in basketball where players are just, like, full-on celebrities before they even get in the league. Sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it's not. I mean, that's that's across every generation. But now it seems like it's 15 to 20 guys who are just super famous before they get in the league. And sometimes almost none of them pop. Sometimes it's only a couple of them that pop. So I definitely understand where Tom Brady's coming from there. Uh, I'm thankful for this in-season tournament. Uh, As you were talking, Mm -hmm. though, I kind of got this, like, well, first, let me say, I'm thankful for it because, like you said, it's breeding competitive, excuse me, competitiveness. It's breeding a sense of just winning, a sense of postseason early on in the season, yep. right? Um, Urgency. Which I love. Thing is, though, that tournament is going to end, I believe, on December 9th or December 11th, somewhere in that range. Uh, the worst part yeah. of the NBA season or the most just boring part of the season, the most blah part of the season is pretty much the stretch after Christmas into the all-star break, right? Late December into mid-February. And I think, and this is going past what I'm thankful for, but I think we're going to get to a point eventually where all-star weekend, the all-star game goes away. Maybe we still keep the dunk contest and three-point contest, but I think eventually we'll get to a point where the in-season tournament takes over all-star weekend. I think that makes sense. Um, I mean, you've heard me. I hate the courts. I hate some of these jerseys they have for the in-season tournament. Like, they're just as ugly as can be. Um, it's funny, too. The the best name they could come up with is NBA in-season tournament. And then you got the players on the sidelines with warm-up shirts that just say in-season tournament. It just looks ridiculous. Like, it looks absolutely ridiculous. But I do love the competitiveness yeah, they need to, that it's breeding. They need to... Mm-hmm. For sure. No, they definitely need to they change it up. Need to, put names on that <laughs> something something and they'll eventually get a sponsor for it i'm sure but i cannot wait for this tournament the, in, uh, that's the in Vegas. in-season tournament trophy is that what they're gonna call it probably yeah yeah on some like, <laughs> like on some 2k not like shit. a larry o'brien or something like that but like the <laughs> the in-season tournament trophy yay <laughs> like oh it's cool we got the in-season tournament trophy the kevin love the Kevin Love oh, yeah. Trophy or some shit like that, or whoever the greatest regular season coach, the Don Nelson, the or I don't know. But I can't wait to see how this tournament shakes out. Uh, I'm most thankful. I think I said this in the past. I'm super thankful for NFL Red Zone. I think that's an amazing product. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, uh, It's a lifesaver each and every Sunday uh, when you need to catch up on games. Uh, it's fantasy, obviously. If you're into betting, covers all bases. So Sunday ticket as well, I'll throw in there. Obviously, that's an updated product. Uh, sounds like it's a much better product than what it was prior. So Sunday ticket in the red mm-hmm. zone, you got to be thankful for. Uh, and then, yeah, as an NBA fan, I'm liking this in-season tournament. Very interested, like I said, to see the after effects of it. Because again, it's going to drop off after that. We're going to have a good 20 to 30 games in between that, between then and the, and the All-Star game. So will players continue to play? Will there be more load management after the fact? Uh, I know you still got to have 65 games to be eligible for awards. Will players actually take that seriously? So it raises a lot of questions for me. Um, 
Shit, what am I thankful for music-wise? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe the maybe the Thursday night midnight releases, how standard it is. It's always good. Even mm-hmm. even when you don't think there's gonna be a release or there's nothing you look forward to, you can always find something good there. So I always appreciate yep. that routine of Thursday and a Friday at midnight. Oh, what's up for new music? We got this. Boom. Uh it's been a great music year. Uh by the way, happy Thanksgiving since it's officially Thanksgiving. So Happy Thanksgiving to you, Happy Thanksgiving to you Keenan. Everybody. I will see you soon. We'll be- Happy Thanksgiving to you, Kyle. Thank you. Thank yep. you very much. Yeah, I'll be seeing you soon. We'll be recording in person, so that'll be cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Red Zone is what I'm most thankful for in the sporting landscape. Uh, that might be a boring answer, but that's sure. really what I got right now. So, But overall, Red thankful Zone. for the NFL season, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Thankful for the UFC, too. Uh, they've, they've got an amazing product, and they will be having their last big event here in a few weeks. Couple fight nights in between there too, but the last uh, pay per view event will be I think December sixteenth. So it's been a wild year in UFC. Uh, can't wait to talk more UFC. I think we'll be having Trent on hopefully soon, more often, and uh, you can catch me and Trent on live take hopefully soon doing some more UFC. But yeah, amazing product they have Absolutely. there. Um, so yeah, UFC that calendar year, the NFL, and I'm glad for the NBA to peak its relevance here with this in-season tournament so those would be the three things i'm most thankful for in the sporting world yep absolutely um well this was the warner brothers podcast very late edition. you can follow us very late after uh, after dark can, edition yeah <laughs> the, the after dark edition of the warner brothers podcast right now it's like 12 18 a.m uh you can Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Warner Brothers Podcast. Uh, Kyle seems a little upset about something. Not sure what that could possibly be. Um, thank you to all of you guys. We're very thankful for everybody who supports, watches the show, comments, listens in, and gives us stuff, feedback, and everything. So we're all thank- we're thankful for all of you 100%. Definitely check us out. We'll be cutting up more content, of course, because we are the Warner Brothers podcast. We are the Warner Brothers. Kyle, Keenan, we're out.